This show is brought to you by Eatla, Drinkla, and Chipsla. They make the most delicious salted egg food in Indonesia. They also have this popular salted egg covered potato chips and they're all available in your favorite food delivery app. So if you're hungry, you're thirsty, and you want to buy some gifts, order Eatla, Drinkla, and Chipsla today. My guest today is Gupa Wijaya. Gupa is from Bali. He is a motocrosser, a dog lover, a hotelier, and an all-around awesome person. We talked about animals, the universe, Mount Batur in Bali, Switzerland, and many more. Most importantly, we tried to connect the dots of all the things we discussed in order to make us a better person and to give us a better understanding of the world. This was such a motivating podcast, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hi, Guba. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Nikki. Thanks for having me in the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Um, We'll start with some icebreakers, and what we would like to know is um, um, your values and your hobbies. Um, We'll start off with, if you could be uh, an expert in one thing, if you can be good at something uh, with no competition whatsoever, what kind of expertise would you would you have? Hmm. Like, I would have thought that I'd like to be more, you know, like uh, understanding human behavior, like psychology and uh, or social uh, social anthropology. I think, but actually, if I if I know that. Uh, if I'm excel in that, I think it's actually gonna give me a hard time actually living <laughs> in the social life. You know, you cannot help to 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 define <laughs> everything. Um, but I guess I, I I I am a bit interested in that actually, just like a social uh, anthropology and uh, social behavior of people. Why why certain people behave that way? Some people have different values and stuff like that. And that interests me, in a oh. way. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Like I studied uh, tourism, hmm. but I think my thesis was more towards that. You know, like um, hmm. how how tourism affect people uh, socially you know, hmm. and their behavior. Uh, yeah, like that. I think. Um, uh, yeah. Wow. Okay, if you can have someone to play you, you as an, as a character, um, in a, in a movie of um, your story, yeah. which actor would would that be? Well, it's not like every day you think about this, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. When you asked me that before, like the one actor that uh, came up came to my mind was this actor called Diego Luna. Like uh, if you may, you might know him from the terminal with Tom Hanks. He's uh, the guy who gives him food. Uh, he's a Mexican guy who gives him food, and then uh, at the end he 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 got with the the officer for uh, the immigration officer, the black lady. Oh, yeah. Well, you know why I chose him is because uh, first of all, I think he's good looking. And uh, he's not a, a masculine actor. I don't find myself uh, like my my my. 
I don't find myself masculine in the traditional way. I, like, I, I, I think I'm masculine, but in my own way, you know? So, why do I choose him? Uh, I don't know, maybe... Uh, I'd like to be Latino a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> if there's ever a story of my life and <laughs> featuring this guy, I'll be like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> well, if Will Ferrell uh, keeps on mentioning uh, Diego Luna, I think he would be an awesome character to play in your life story. But he plays, a ter- he plays in Terminal, and I forgot about, about... Did he play in Star Wars? Yeah, he also played in Star Wars. I just looked it yeah. up before, like what movie he was in. He was in uh, E Tu Mama Tambien. It's like an old movie uh, uh, from South America. Or, or is it from a Mexican movie? I'm not too sure. But um, yeah, I like the way this guy plays. It's... Uh, uh, very charis- charismatic um, type of guy. How many movies have you watched um, him? More than I watched him in a few movies. Star Wars. Few movies. Star Wars. It was one. What did he, What did he do in Star Wars? He was in Rogue One. I forgot what yeah. he did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he talent. died at the end. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm. He 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 died. Yeah. Mm, yeah. But but yeah, that's funny because. Uh, You've seen Will Ferrell's movie where he keeps on like raving about Diego Luna, right? Like he's like, no, who, who do who do I want to be? Diego Luna. He keeps on saying it in his Will Ferrell voice. And then when I saw Star Wars, it was like, oh, is that no? Okay, which movie was it with Will Ferrell? I can see why he's saying that. Um, I forgot, but um, I forgot maybe Wedding Crasher or something else. Maybe I don't know. He said that. I like Will Ferrell, so he's funny. All right, um, Gupa, if you can eliminate one thing from the world, what would it be? One thing about the world to eliminate, I don't know. I don't think I'm, I'm wise enough to, to, to <laughs> make that decision because, um, I don't know, with everything that's terrible, there's a positive thing that happens from that, you know? Um, Eliminate one thing. I mean, I guess pollution. If you, I don't think we could actually do anything about it, you know, as us as society progress, trying to reach from, uh, you know, the, the, the society we live now in the, in the planet Earth, like as we are now, um, from the Industrial Revolution where we progress, but then we, we make a lot of waste. We don't know what to do with it. So we're not really using our resources uh, efficiently. Like, I mean, again, from all of the podcasts I've watched, there's one with uh, this professor called Michio Kaku. I think he's like a, a physicist, which mentioned that, uh, you know, uh, if I'm not mistaken, we are in uh, type one society we're still pretty much barbaric in a way yeah? we're trying to reach to the type two civilization which is more like a planetary planetarium type of society more like Star Wars type of people like living in other planets yeah yeah more like you know we you can, you can harness the, the the resources of the of the Sun you can go time warp you can you can, uh, what do you call it, when you disappear from one, one location and then you Tele- appear. Te- teleporting? Yeah, something like that. That's, that's like a, a type 2 civilization, 
planetarian uh, type of society, right? Um, in order to get there, uh, you know, we, we need to, to, to progress a lot better, uh, which I don't think will happen in my lifetime. But uh, if I could eliminate one thing, yeah, I mean, like, if there's no pollution, I don't think there's any uh, bad thing that could happen from that. So, yeah, I would el eliminate, uh, eliminate pollution, I think. I agree. Air, mm -hmm. and soil, mm -hmm. wherever, you know? Yes. Because, like, uh, once you get to a planetary uh, society, which means you probably will leave Earth because it's so fucked up already, and then we live in a different galaxy in, in fucking uh, Starship podcast. We're in this podcast. <laughs> Maybe uh, not. Yeah. So much. Uh, uh, I'll keep it down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um. Yeah, I will eliminate pollution because uh, you run in the beach, you ride your, you run through the streets. It's fumes and everything. It just brings you down. And there's nothing much you can do about it because it's also our problem. It's not just one person problem. You know, I, I create my own pollution, uh, but I just don't see it because I throw it away in the trash. So, no, it's a very self-conscious way of looking at it. That's yeah. interesting. Um, who is your favorite superhero? Growing up was Spider-Man. Yeah, out of all the Marvel or the DC. Spider-Man, pretty cool, like uh, mysterious, got the mask on, climbs, he, uh, he wears tights, I mean, <laughs> I don't think I would wear them, but uh, yeah, I, I like to climb, actually, I, I, when, I, when I grew up, I climbed trees, I climbed my house roof, uh, well, I've always had this image of like one day civilization will collapse and then you will need to climb trees in order to survive. <laughs> I don't know how it's very Planet that. of the Apes. Yeah, 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 you know, like um, I do try to actually release my ape side and I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's how I, that was my role model for a while. Spider-Man awesome, the way he jumps all over the building, yeah. helps people. It's well, cool. What about you? You got, you got one in uh, particular that you prefer? I like Batman. I like Batman. Why? Just because there's so many angles uh, of him, and people didn't know he oh. overcame his 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 fears of, uh, of yeah. bats. Did you remember the scene where he was in the bat cave, and then all the bats were surrounding him? Yeah, he was like accepting it. Like, which like, which one was that? There, that was was that the beginning? No. Um, I think it was begins. The no. The one with Christian Bale. The first is? one with Christian Bale, is it? I think so. Yeah. Who was the bad Joker. person? Joker. Joker. Which Heath Ledger. Was it the Heath Ledger one? Yeah. Uh, was Returns or Begins? Or yeah, okay. One of the early ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Well, okay, the Heath Ledger one, right? That was pretty cool. Pretty cool. I think that was like one of the best uh, Batmans, actually. Yeah, yeah. The way... Mm. He plays it. And it's an awesome story. Yeah, it'll be cool to see Marvel versus DC, but I don't, I don't know if it's gonna happen. <laughs> you think it'll happen? <laughs> um, well, to me, I don't really follow too much of the whole Marvel stuff like that. You know, I, okay, there was like Spider-Man and Batman, and we all, we all know that. 
but um, yeah, uh, I don't really follow the whole Marvel lineups and such. So, yeah. Yeah, it'd be cool to have it. Yeah. It'd be cool to have it. Okay. Um, what's the first thing you you think about when you wake up? First thing I think about when I wake up, like, uh, actually I was talking about this uh, with someone recently, like, you know, first thing, when you wake up, you know, if you, th within like five seconds, you try to remember about what dreams you had, you remember it. And if you actually sleep again, you can actually continue that dream, yeah. But if you wake up, and then oh, you wait for like a minute or two to wake up and then you think about what did I just dream before? It's gone. Hmm. You can't think about it. Yeah. it why is it uh, also, people say it's also your dream is not just a dream, it's also uh, you know, like a, a reality in some ways. So. And um, yeah, that's actually the first thing I think about uh, when I woke up was like, where was I <laughs> in my dream? Yeah, yeah? because uh, I think as I grow older, I kind of it's kind of hard for me to re remember my dreams or even to uh, yeah to 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 remember re remember dreams. Yeah. I don't know. When I was younger, I re remember it so vividly. Mm. But um, uh, as I get older, it's like sometimes you sleep and you woke up. That dream. Or did I not? Or did I ask? Did I ask myself a bit too late that it just gone and vanish? I don't. Do you ever have this, or is it just me? Oh well. Usually when I wake up, I think about how long can I snooze more, <laughs> or well, and also thinking about my significant other. Mm. You know, if I miss someone in particular. Mm. But trying to recalling dreams is pretty awesome. Like you kind yeah. of want to. I mean, deeper, yeah. Right? Mm. Don't get me wrong. Of course, when I just woke up, of course, like, can I sleep a bit more? <laughs> you know, like looking at the clock, like, eh, how important is this thing? This thing, <laughs> I need to go to. <laughs> you know, do I have to be there on time? Yes, in a way, I do think that way. But lately, uh, not lately. I, I just had this conversation with someone, uh, just about dreams, like. Uh, why do we forget so quickly? Um, try try to think about this. You know, the next time you woke up, uh, if you just woke up, you're still in the same position as you when you were sleeping. You visualize where you were before in your dream, and yeah, it's you can do it. You know, mm -hmm. but once you've already like thinking about today, oh, what do you have to do? How much time do I have? Blah blah blah. It's almost impossible to go back to that dream. Mm. Like it's just gone, vanished. You can't even think mm. of um, what is it that you dreamed of. Mm. Maybe some people have it differently, but like I guess most people are like that. Mm. Uh, you know. Sometimes I like to relive the emotions, even though it's difficult for me to do that. Like, for example, some of my dreams are getting chased by by zombies. Mm. It's it's my fear mm. of letting go control it's like it's my fear of not having control mm. and um, it's not nice to to be in that dream but it's nice to look at how i i think about uh, it you know oh i have this fear mm. like oh man um, but so what if i'm chased by by zombies that's 
one of, the, one of the first few thoughts that I have when I wake up, like, relax, Nikki, you know, you dream about something scary, but mm. even if it's real, it doesn't, doesn't matter. Like, it's just your... That's interesting you said that. Like, uh, uh, how did you know that being chased by zombies um, is you losing control somehow? I, it's like my vision of what life is. Like, mm. maybe it's a trauma, maybe it's a, a fear of losing control of, of because some sometimes um, I have this dystopian view of life like oh why is life so hard why is things are getting out of control and I can I guess I'm portraying that as, as, as zombies mm. as things that don't exist but are chasing me and okay. letting go of my freedom you, it happens to you a lot this dream sometimes? a few times a few times a few every times. now and then maybe once a month <laughs> maybe oh. once every two That's months scary because you know uh, one of the scariest dream I ever had was about zombies and it doesn't happen to me a lot but when I was a kid I remember like it was like the dream was I was in a, s a supermarket with my mom and then you know supermarkets are so scary because you only look at aisles you know <laughs> you can hear people are screaming but you can only see your aisles and then I looked back and I saw like my mom was bit by the zombie and became a zombie and was chasing me. Now, as a kid, uh, until now, I still think about that. So, I um, I don't know what it means to me, but uh, I know that like uh, until now, I'm very close to my mom. I'm the last kid, so I'm very attached to my mom. And just having this nightmare of her trying to chase me as zombie is just like. So scary, <laughs> you know. Uh, I never. It was a long time ago, so I don't really, I don't never have those type of dreams anymore. But I still remember that dream, which is funny, because I, I was just talking to you before, like oh, I just woke up one minute and I don't think about, I can't remember what that dream about. Mm. But that one particular dream, I was perhaps perhaps eight year old, ten year old. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess. Yeah, I mean, like, I love my mom very much. If and the chemistry that I have with her is just perfect. I don't, you know. Uh, <laughs> if, if it were to change, I would be devastated. I guess I don't know what, me what that means. But uh, yeah. <laughs> wow, yeah, minds are powerful things. Uh, yeah, dreams. You know, I mean, some people think dreams are. Uh, not just dreams it's uh, like an alternate reality you know within our consciousness somehow you yeah. know expressed differently yeah definitely is and you know. it's subconscious right and it truly uh, is uh, a flow of of our thoughts of yeah. un unbounded by, by reality subconsciously yes mm -hmm. you know uh, sometimes you see a girl I don't know if it happens to me too. Maybe you see a girl and she's charming, and then like, oh yeah, whatever. And then I dream about her, like, oh, she must have <laughs> struck an impression on me a bit um, longer than I admit, you know. But uh, yeah, that's dreams. I, I I don't take it lightly, you know. Like it means something, but yeah, I don't know. I re remember my mom also. One time she woke up and then like, Gupa, I had a dream of you drowning. 
Now for our, for like Indonesians or she's Japanese, that means something, you know. Uh, so she woke up and then like, oh, we have to do some offerings, some bantan for you. For why? Because I, I dreamed of you drowning in my sleep, which apparently in their uh, beliefs, uh, it means that, yeah, I was in danger or something. Uh, yeah, so that's why I try to remember my dreams now. It's kind of hard now to, to vividly remember uh, my dreams. But usually, if I do remember, it's about me being in the, uh, you know, you're like under the blanket. <laughs> you try to move it, just can't. <laughs> like in the dream. In, not in reality, but in the dream, in your dream, you're like underwater or something. You're trying to have a fight. You're fighting with someone and you just can't. It's so, it's so heavy. But then I think about, it. oh, maybe I'm just under the blanket. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. What uh, sucks about dreams is sometimes I can't taste the food that I'm tasting. <laughs> like that's the only you can see, you can hear, you can touch. But then the food, man, the food from those whatever it's it's like I can't remember it, can't yeah. can think about, cannot replay it. <laughs> and I, I don't think I ever remember dream, <laughs> dreaming of Taste, eating something. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's no um pre Michelin dream or something yeah. or like <laughs> Uh, another dream story I remember when I was like young again see I remember all my dreams when I was younger guess like, um, yeah this one time uh, I played with, with Power Ranger toys you know mm. and you got like five different different like uh, things and you mm. assemble them together and became this um, superstructure yeah superstructure thing you know and I lost one limb and I was so sad. And then like uh, in my dreams, uh, I found the missing toy in just my nightstand, you know, in the drawer of my nightstand. And I was so happy. And I woke up and I checked out my drawer of my nightstand and it wasn't there. Oh, no. And I was just like, what? <laughs> like, very disappointed. Like. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but why did I dream that? I mean, I, uh, yeah, you know, the mind, it's a, it's a very, um, uh, tricky thing, you know, yeah. um, that's why people, uh, got into meditation, you know, yeah. practice mindfulness, yeah. you know, I was there once, I, um, uh, there was one time when I, after I had my accident, uh, motorcycle accident, I broke my broke my leg, broke my um, cheekbone. It was a bad one. When was it? Two thousand fourteen. Hmm. Yeah, I was coming off from work. I was in on the bike. Um, well, I don't remember what happened. I just blacked out. I woke up in the hospital four days afterwards, and then um, I got better. I was walking again, fine. Now, my parents, my mom would say like, uh, you know, you almost died, but you didn't. That means uh, you gotta change something about yourself. It's a sign, can get again. It's a sign, so you gotta change something about yourself. But at that time, I was like, no, 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 I'm, I'm fine. You know, it's just, just, I'm fine, and I'm, um, I'm just gonna continue push on through 
as if nothing happened. Yeah. Sure enough, uh, maybe four months after my accident, I was walking. I was, well, I'm going to go out now and see my friends. Uh, coming out of the bar, I was walking on a sidewalk. Someone hit me from the back with a bike and I flew, uh, landed on the asphalt. Um, drunk guy, it's okay. This was after the accident? After the accident. How three, many? three, four months after the oh accident. My God. Now, but then like uh, I stood up, all my friends are like, oh man, what the hell, man? Like, uh, Beat him up or something. basically went to the guy, what were you doing, man? Blah, blah, I almost had a fight. Now, I was a bit tipsy. But I was like, I stood up and I checked my body, I'm fine. And I was like, you know what guys, let's, let's just go to the bar. Let's just, you know, I don't want to deal with this stuff. Wow, let it you go. Know? I let it go, let's just go. You know? I, I don't want to deal with it, I just go. I just want to have a good time, you know. Uh, yeah. And then I did have a good time, but then like uh, maybe the next time I went out, a few days after that, I um, was taking my bike and I have another accident and I have a, a small one, but still something. So basically, like this. I have a big accident. Oh, I could have died. I didn't. I got better, and I was having this small accidents all over again. Now, this will mess up with your mind, you know? This messed up with my mind. And yeah, I was in a, I was in a really confused state, you know? Like, um, was I supposed to die before? <laughs> you know, like... Is death coming? You know, why is this happening to me? Blah, blah, like that. Oh, my, my head was everywhere. There's so many questions, you know. You know, when sometimes you're in the state where your mind is constantly thinking and your brains can't take it, you just want to not think about something, you know. So you, I forced myself to go out, uh, to see my friends, have fun. But I don't know. We were 24, what they were talking about. It's just regular stuff. Oh, let's get party there. Let's get hammered. Let's, sure. this girls, that girls. And I'm just like, no, I, um, I got other things on my mind I want to explore, but not, nothing can fulfill this, you know? So I, 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 I pretty much I locked myself in the room for some time. Um, How long were you? Well, not literally lock myself in the room, but I just basically stay home and don't see people. Uh, I don't know. I can't really remember for a, a week or two. I don't know. It was a lot of questions, you know. And um, my mom would say, why don't you do meditation? Hmm. And then she said, you know, it doesn't have to be so intense meditation. You just close your eyes and then focus on your breathing. And focus on your breathing, and I did. Um, I did it in my temple here in the hotel garden, so it's nice. It's outdoors, under the tree, there's wind, and then um, just thinking about breathing, you know, which some people forget mm. how to breathe, you know. Sure. And then that's all I do. I was doing. All, all, all I was doing was just trying to take that perfect breath. You know, with every breath, there's different feelings, uh, wow. you know. And then I was just doing that. And then um, it got me distracted from that 
questions I was mm. thinking to myself, you know. Uh, I, I started to feel a bit better internally. Mm. And then, uh, um, because, because I did outside, I, I, I watch like birds and squirrels. Now, inter interestingly enough, it was actually the squirrel that get, kind of cured me because I looked at the squirrel. Mm -hmm. A squirrel will climb, eat nuts, and do whatever it is that squirrel does. A squirrel doesn't think about its conscious being. Like, why? <laughs> you know? A squirrel just does what it's supposed to do. You know? And then it just kind of gave me a sense of neutrality, you know, a sense of, uh, I don't know. No judging? Yeah, you know, no judging, no, no, no contemplating questions of why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? If I'm happy, I'm just happy. I'm a squirrel, you know. I climb trees, I look for nuts. This is my intuitive. This is, it's very simple, but it's very refreshing for oh. to see for someone who is me who is so. Uh, confused about uh, who I am, am I even real, <laughs> you know, so many questions wow. at that time. So, uh, yeah, so I, I, do, I do think about this a lot, just about the brain, about consciousness, uh, stuff like that, you know. And, um, it's, uh, it's funny you mentioned animals because you're very close to your dogs. Right. Yeah. You have two beautiful dogs. Are they? Um, can you tell us a bit more? Uh, what <laughs> are the names and you have well, so, I have three dogs close actually. Yeah. Affinity to them. I have mm. three dogs actually. I used to be. Uh, I grew up with dogs when I was uh, still in grade school. You know, I buy to to pasar buru the the market and buy dogs and, and I love the dog very much. But uh, at that time, I don't base the dog. I don't feed the dog. It's just, I was, it's just my dog, but someone else was taking care of it. And then I went to Switzerland. Um, for university? For university, sorry. Around 2006 uh, until 10. And basically I have no pets. I came back to my house. There are dogs, but they were my brother's dogs. Okay, which is, doesn't matter. I still love the dog. Um, and then um, that dog has babies, and now we have one at my house, mm. which was technically my, not my dog, but it's okay. It's, it's still a cute dog. And then um, uh, uh, I had a girlfriend at that time. We were together, and then we broke up. And when we broke up, my friend uh, just called me and said, hey, man, I got this dog. She's about one and a half years old by now. I cannot take care of her. You want her? And I say like, yeah, okay. You know, I just lost a girlfriend. I don't mind having a dog. You know, <laughs> and this dog, it looked like a pit bull. Like, like I say, it looked scary. It chopped ears, and it looked like a pit bull. Even though my friend said this is not a pit bull, this is an American bully. Now I don't know so much about this breed, but it looked pretty scary. You know. But then my friend said, no, 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 this dog is nothing uh, aggressive, you know. Uh, just try one day with your, in, with your family, just try it first, you know. And this dog stayed with, with me one day and immediately, oh, she's, you can tell, uh, she would not be aggressive to a human or any to my nephews or nieces. Uh, just wants to cuddle, 
like a sofa dog basically i don't know this dog probably grew up in jakarta apartment where it just lives in the couch and the bed and just like having a you know ac on please <laughs> you know that type of dog you know i took her to the beach it's like eh, i don't want, i don't want to touch water i just, <laughs> just want to sit on the sofa put sunscreen on me <laughs> yeah something like that you know like this dog is very demanding with her affection which is pretty good because again i just uh, broke up with my girlfriend so just giving this dog all of her attention and she wants it and uh, uh, I was a bit obsessed with this dog and then when she arrived in my house she was pregnant already so um, not long after that we have two dogs and so these two dogs are now my my dogs who I you know uh, I really take care of them. Uh, I, I bathe them myself. I take them for a walk myself. It's really my, uh, a lot closer to me than my previous dogs because um, I'm, I'm more of a grown man now and I want to do that. These are the dogs? These are offsprings from the Jakarta dog? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Uh, just one offspring, one, one son only. Mm. Um, she was pregnant with four or five puppies. One came out normally. Yeah, because it was the smallest. The other ones were a bit too big and it was lodged inside. And they didn't survive. And after that, I just I realized that this dog is having a hard time to deliver puppies. Not like body dogs. Body dogs could deliver 20 puppies under the, the bridge and survive. Like oh, yeah. this mm -hmm. American bully dogs, now you need like, uh, they need to have surgery done and oh. whatever like that. And it's pretty costly too. So after th after this, I um, uh, castrate them both, mm. which also takes uh, a lot of uh, of uh, decision because actually, I don't know. Some guys, hey man, you should castrate your dogs, and they feel like no, I will never do that to my dogs. It's an ego thing, a male ego thing, you know, to cut off their testicles mm. of the dogs. But I said to myself, um, no, I, I, I should do it because I don't want any more uh, problems because they get healthier after that. First, A, the mom, they don't have to deliver babies anymore. So she doesn't, she doesn't go through pregnancy where her hormone goes up and down or sometimes she's suffering. She's suffering. And even for the puppy, the son, I castrated him and then the skin is a lot better afterwards and then like uh, they never fight even mm. though they play rough but not for once I think they're gonna fight mm, well. yeah I don't know if it's because of the castration or not but um, it sure make my life a bit easier and you know uh, my attention to these dogs are still uh, pretty much wholesome imagine if they have more puppies then you have to take care of five dogs, mm. so you cannot put the attention to one dog uh, too much anymore. Exactly, mm. you know. It's just like some. It's a part of growing up to 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 be able to will will willingly castrate your dogs for mm. the benefit of uh, all of us in the house. Okay. You know? I know two of the names of the dogs is Django and Lola, right? Django and Lola. Who is the the mother? No, Lola is the mother. Lola is the mother. Yeah, Django is the son. Is the son. Okay. Yeah. The reason why I 
name him Django is because uh, he was born in the same night my friend Mita had baby. <laughs> you know Mita? Mita Alwi? Alwi, yeah. yeah sure. uh, had a baby. Had a baby. Pregnant? A pregnant, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yes. Mita is my good friend. She's my uh, childhood friend, mm-hmm. one of my best friends. Uh, and uh, we've always have. We don't call each other every day, but there's always something's happening which involve us. Even though she's in London, wherever she's over there. Hey man, this happens to me. Oh, that's my. There's always some connection in there somewhere. So when my dog was giving birth, and then I know Mita was also giving birth at the same time. I was, you know, maybe I should honor, honor her baby by naming the dog. Maybe not exactly like the baby's name, but something like that. Is it similar? Is it something similar? similar? You know, like, hey, Mit, Mit, what was your baby's name? Oh, it's either going to be Sativa or Darango. <laughs> I mean, kind of sounds like a pet's name, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean no, but like, uh, why Darango? Oh, it's a. Uh, um, it's a it's a Psytrance DJ. She, wow. she, she's into the Psytrance. Shout out, shout out to Mita. Yeah. <laughs> so Derango was born. Okay, I'll name my dog Django, because if I name my dog more than two syllables, ah, it's just not convenient. I think. <laughs> That's a cool appreciation. To, to, to your <laughs> so, best friend. So Django and Derango was born on the same day. Lubai, um, you have traveled all around the world, and um, you also did like a solo trip some in Latin America or something, mm-hmm. right? Um, what does adventure mean to, to you? Mm. Going to the unknown, going to out of your comfort zone, you know? As I said before, like uh, I had this uh, 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 mind, mind d- dilemma after my accident, right? which I uh, have a lot of questions of, you know, myself after puberty. Like, my first time really going out of the box was Switzerland, man. It was my first time uh, living abroad, uh, going out of my parents' reach, uh, my parents' comfort home. And yeah, I, um, I went to New Zealand without really knowing what's out there, Aaron. Now, um, why did I choose New Zealand, uh, Switzerland? I don't know, actually. I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't really thinking. And after you graduate from high school, some people really know what they want to study. A lot, a lot of us are just like, I don't know, like what I want to learn for the next five years or even like what career path I want to be in. Uh, I chose Switzerland because uh, it was convenient at that time because uh, Bali is known for its tourism. Um, my other options is I could go to Australia, but I've, I've been there before. That's the thing. I've been there before. I've, I'm pretty much comfortable there already. Now, sh- yeah, it, I was 17, and I think, and I thought like, yeah, I want to go to some place I've never been before. Mm. And yeah, there, there, there I was. Okay, I, I was living in a dorm, so it was still okay. 
but yeah, meeting new people, um, you know, uh, learning to go around in a Swiss town where everything is very punctual, very, you know, they stop. Towns are dead after 7 p.m. Oh. And you know, with those so European town, when you go to the plaza and like, there's like no one around. Where are, where are, where did people go? There was one time actually when I was also uh, homeless in Switzerland. What do you mean? It's because, uh, again, I was there, I was new, it was my first semester break, and I didn't know that they locked the school, you can't stay in the school during semester break. It was a winter semester break. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I'll just uh, stay with my friends, I guess. Without planning too much, I just uh, go to the only person I know uh, in Switzerland, in a different town. I took the train there, I went there. And on the way there, I, I lost my wallet. <laughs> and then uh, that's when it started. I, eventually, I got to go to her, uh, her place and I stayed there for like a week or two until she told me like, oh, you can't stay here anymore because something, something, you gotta go find another place to stay with. So I tried to find my other friends and my other friends and sometimes I can't find people to stay in. Um, yeah, and I, I still have my full-on luggage and uh, had to stay at a train station one time yeah, during wow. the winter break. My parents, oh, yeah, parents were freaking out and trying to send me money, but they can't because it's the winter break. Banks are closed, you know, like, uh, and so on and so on. And, um, yeah, that was like a one, that was a real, my first adventure. Didn't plan on it, wow. but here I am. Uh, I know I'll be safe, because it's Switzerland. Like, no one's gonna, it's pretty much a safe country. It's cold, and I was really lonely. Yeah. It was my first time really lonely. Now, this is a... Uh, the first important lesson I, I learned was to be uh, first be very sad that you're lonely that it becomes comfortable that you're lonely alone interesting yeah and then not not too many Asian uh, cultural uh, uh, people uh, people from the Asian society can go through this because Asian we're collective people we like to be around people this is that's how I grew up too you know I put, uh, um, uh, let's go there, uh, I don't want to do it alone, let's go with someone. Sure. Which is fine. But in Switzerland, through the winter break, in this gothic background of Europe, you know, where, you know, it's beautiful, but I don't know, I always feel some sorrow, some melancholy in this beauty. And then, of course, um, you're listening to your own songs, which um, are, you know, some, some are sad songs, like melancholia, melancholic songs, which make the loneliness, sadness became somewhat, yeah, you know, like rom romantic in a way, you know. So that's how I got to learn to be comfortable of being alone, being lonely, mm. you know. The music helps, mm. and I don't know. Uh, yeah, you, you, you're a different person when, when you're alone. You, know? you, you, yeah. you, you start to uh, see yourself differently, to, to portray yourself differently, 
and just really question like uh, you know who am I now you know because I grew up in a Asian culture where where people usually they tell me who I am mm. you are this you're the son of that you're, you're from this family you're supposed to be like this like this so at that time that's when I really think like who is this, who is Gupa you know so it was that was my first adventure okay adventure to my own soul if you, you, you want to put it that way oh, that's yeah so uh, that was during college time and then I had my accident uh, I worked uh, for some time and then my accident and then I have this um, mind dilemma again after after like seven years and then that's when I decide like I need to go to South America I need to I need to uh, I need to first of all have fun and find out who is the new Gupa. Yeah, I know who Gupa was in Switzerland at that time uh, after that adventure. Um, but after the span of seven years of school and work and accident, and then I realized like I need to uh, to 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 go to a blank space, a blank piece of paper, and re re articulate things re re to to have a, a new perspective on things yeah, yeah. so that was south america that was my adventure so you asked me what is adventure is that it's just throwing yourself to a new uh blank piece of paper you see new things you get into new situations where you don't know and then maybe perhaps you will look at yourself differently afterwards you know, and, and it, the adventure doesn't have to be big. It could be anything, it could be small. But um, yeah, that's, that's my <laughs> uh, meaning of adventure, I think, so far in my life. Wow. Yeah. I think I can empathize with a lot of things that you say about self-discovery and starting yeah. from a blank um, piece of paper. Mm. Um, when I lost my job in 2014, I was really devastated because my identity was really put into two jobs mm. and um, second I realized that I really needed my my parents uh, validation mm. to go out in the world I need to be handheld yeah, yeah. I need to be said that I'm okay um, started I started reading Mark Manson's book uh, the subtle art of not giving a F not mm -hmm. giving fuck okay. um, which says um, something along the lines of continue asking what is important to you and what's not important to you. Yeah. And I think uh, we're on this journey of asking these questions like every every day. And um, when I had that dilemma of self identity uh -huh. crisis back, I went to Bali. I went to Ubud. I traveled by myself from the suggestion of my friend of saying um, be alone be comfortable with your own space be be find out who you are who mm -hmm. you really like and um, I never had that suggestion before of detaching mm. to attach you know disconnecting to, to connect mm -hmm. and I think you're so right about embracing the loneliness to feel okay with yourself. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, I'm not that. 
No, no, because that, that being um, unhappy, I'm actually good at that. But then the views of Mount Batur in the morning during sunrise really help. The stars at night mm. blazing at 1 a.m. really says that it gives you perspective of, oh, yeah, um, maybe um, you are insignificant to the, the universe. Yeah. And that's like a grateful thing. That's it's, true. It's I, I've had such a lot. I mean, like, I think the natural phenomena, the natural setting, yeah, uh, whether it be Mount Batur, whether it be in my temple watching squirrels, something that natural just give you, uh, I don't know, uh, a breath of fresh air, you know? Like, it's true, like there were one time when I was like, uh, uh, what's the English word for galau? Uh, I don't know. Uh, when you're like out of love, let's say, out something. of love. And then I was so stressed about this thing. And then just me and my friend, uh, we went to the rooftop and we were doing something that you know eases the mind. Yeah. And then we were looking at the stars. Now, at, um, just before this, I was just thinking about my problems, you know. And then I was like looking at the stars, and I realized like, oh, look at this galaxy of the stars are everywhere. How big this universe is, and I realized. How small was my mind before just thinking about this small matter? Whereas the universe is so big and so intense, you know? And, you know, uh, for some people believe, you know, uh, you are the universe. This universe is somehow is projected with your mind, blah, blah. And then yet, here you are, you narrow your mind down to a small concern and it takes over your body. You know, so when I looked at the stars and I realized how big the, the universe is, and all of a sudden my 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 concern, uh, it's, it's not really much of a concern anymore. It's like a poof, you know. So, yeah, I mean, like, I think this is uh, something that we will continue finding yeah, about ourselves, you know. One moment you are so confused, you lost yourself, you know, you don't feel right. And then, I don't know, maybe for that instance, you, you were in Batur and you feel so uh, one with the universe and so blessed and everything like that. And you kind of elevate your consciousness a little bit. And, um, you know, you, but you know more and you, you understand a bit more and you're feeling a bit more comfortable. Yeah. That's not the end, you know, because every day you wake up you will experience something new, something different, something that your heart doesn't really know how to react to it yet, you know? Mm -hmm. So over the years, you are, you know, adding and uh, subtracting stuff from your mind. Uh, and then maybe perhaps uh, after one or two or three years, you might end up in this same um, dilemma of confusion, which means you kind of have to uh, elevate your perception of yourself again, you know. It's just like always a cycle of uh, your mind, you know. All the way till you die. You're old, basically. Now, in the Hindu belief, or the Buddhist belief, yeah, 
um, this will continue uh, the cycle of uh, confusion and mindfulness uh, you will keep on elevating your consciousness until you actually reach Buddha state you know like, like the, the, the God uh, God-like um, level where you know you, you, you basically you let go of the, all the human in uh, human traits over yourself your anger your jealousy and everything you just become one with the universe in a in a really uh, loose translation, it's like that. Nothing, you know. Some people in the Hindu belief, you do it after a few lifetime. Actually, you know, we believe in karma. You know, you always try to get higher and higher um, uh, levels. You know, and if you do bad, then you go down. You you, you do bad, meaning like uh, when you um, doesn't go according to your belief. Something like that, you know. If you believe in something, but you do something totally different because you are, um, because of, of the fear or the concern, uh, you don't you don't act as your virtue. Mm. Yeah, then I think that's the that's when you do bad in life, and then you, you go down, and you will end up becoming a cockroach or something. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the point is like uh, it's it's always a constant thing, you know. Hmm. So yes, it's true. You always have to uh, look at the pattern of the way you think. You know how how uh, how you 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 change your perception. How to, how to to you need to uh, points out. Am I looking at this because of the fear of love? Now, another celebrity which I watch a lot, uh, I hear a lot is Jim Carrey. You know, Jim Carrey the comedian. Jim Carrey the comedian. Now it's like Jim Carrey the. Uh, I don't know what he is now, but he he. Um, philosopher. He's, he's yeah. He's like a philosopher in a way. You know, so he said something that uh, every day, you do something. It's either because of love or because of fear. Hmm. You make a decision. You know, ah, let's not do that because uh, this might happen. So let's not do that. It's a fear, but then you do something. Ah, you know, I'm gonna go do it. I'm gonna meet this guy or help out this person or whatever. It's out of love. Hmm. So that's like basically the, the 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 basic thing of everything. You know, you got you got to uh, realize uh, if you're doing it from love or fear, because if you keep on doing it from Fear uh, and then, or confusion or whatever. Uh, eventually, you'll be confused again, and you are. You might have a depression. I don't know. And then you have to elevate yourself and you know rise above the fear and look at things uh, in a new way yeah. to let go, to let things go. Also, yeah. you know. I think you will go through this until you are old. Yeah, uh, for uh, sure. Unless you become like a monk or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. even monks still even have that. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, but uh, this I don't know. I, maybe I'm just growing up. But uh, yeah, no, I, I think you. I think you're you're right about learning things about perpetually 
emptying your mind to be prepared for the new things that are coming your way. I think you brought a good point when you said that you got to be prepared with your heart going to feel a certain way that you haven't felt before. Yeah, yeah. I think that's so so powerful. Of you course, know, yeah. Like surrendering to the unknown and saying, yeah, yeah. you know, we'll be okay with whatever what happens. It's true. You know? And many of the fears are like, oh no, mind-based, you know. So it's like nothing that could actually harm you. It's just all your created mm. fear, you know. Which could be worse than physical harm sometimes. Sometimes, this is true. You know, if, you, if it makes you stay inside a long time. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, we have always, when we're there, when we're actually, like, uh, hurting from the, uh, the, 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 the psychological uh, thing that hurt us, you know? Like, let's say, love, I love. Sakit hati, like, like, when you're really sad from, from love. Like, you know, sometimes you actually do wonder, can you actually die from, you know, a heart, a heart heartache? <laughs> you know, like, not heartache, but apa sakit hati, eh? What's it? Uh, like, broken heart. Broken heart, you know? Because, yeah, I mean, it's a real thing. It's a real uh, pain in the uh, mind, you know? Yeah. And what's crazy, that feeling sorry for yourself, it actually feels good, you know, feeling pity for yourself. It, it releases a certain comfort of, okay, I, I want to have it the easy way out, which is I'm not good enough. I feel that like, mm. like all the time. But that is only short term. Mm. The, the, the challenge is taking a leap saying, yes, it, it sucks to be rejected, but it's fine. I'll be okay after I make the jump. Yeah. You know, like after accepting it. Yeah. Know, um, but the, the first thing, the hardest thing is, to accept it yeah and to to let go sure <laughs> yeah that's that's the first part of the hero's journey i think to realize that you are a, a hero by taking these steps mm -hmm. and uh, i think everyone is a is a hero by mm -hmm. accepting um his path or his or her path by wanting to get better wanting to find their fi and find and and fight their their, their inner demons um and thank God for nature. Thank God for animals who are teaching us these things, like squirrels just doing their things and eating nuts. Um, I find I find it very inspiring. What what have you learned from uh, animals in particular uh, in in their behavior aside from the squirrels? Do you uh, find other inspirations from them? Do do you find that they are misunderstood? Uh, what animals? I know. I'm I'm still confused too, because like, growing up, my dogs are everything. You know, <laughs> you know, like I, 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 I put my heart to them, uh, so much. And my father would tell me like, don't don't do that because they're just, they're animals. You know what I mean? Meaning like this, like I think he was just preparing me because like uh, most likely this pet of yours that you love very much will die before you die, okay? Wow. <laughs> I think that's what he's trying to uh, prepare me for. You know, I mean, don't, don't take it too much to the heart. Just like, you love this dog very much, it's gonna die one day, 
and blah blah, and you just move on, you know. So, yeah, a part of that I still I do take I do I do take it, you know, just to save me from a, a broken heart when my pet dies, you know. But you know, I cannot let go of of everything. I mean, like um, I'm closest to dogs, you know. Uh, I don't. I guess people who grew up with cats, they, they will have a totally different um, expression of uh, understanding, you know? Uh, dogs do um, affect me in, like, in many ways. Um, growing up, I actually think people who grew up with cats and people who grew up with dogs exclusively, yeah, they will give affection differently to mm. another human being, mm. you know? <laughs> um, dogs are always so much in, in your face. So, oh, come here, come here, you good, good boy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And whereas cats, you know, you, you, they, don't, they don't like it when you're so much in their face. You just kind of retreat back and let the cats come. And yeah. you, you, you pet the cat as if the pet doesn't want to be pet, but they want, you know, like... <laughs> I don't know. I don't grow up. I don't grow. Uh, I don't grow up with cats, but of course, you ask me about what type of behaviors I get from animals. It's like, yeah, I grew up with dogs. I give affection to human being as I because um, uh, started from how I give affection to dogs. Because dogs will show you when they are happy when they're being pet, and I think if I I won't say pet, but I give affection to <laughs> yeah, okay. a girl when I'm like uh, being <laughs> cute. It's not far away from that, you know. And um, yeah, be why? It's because, yeah, when I was younger, I don't give affection like that to another human being other than my mom, I guess. But to girls, no, I don't, you know, I don't do it. But I show it off to dogs first, and I know what they like. So when I give it to dogs, uh, to uh, girls, it's derived from that first root of this is what the dogs like. <laughs> I mean, just like a, you know, like a caress or like like sure. that. You know, I mean, like uh, I do think it does affect me. And if I grew up with cats exclusively, I will show affection to girls uh, totally differently. I think I really do believe that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a popul popular distinction between cat owners and dog owners yeah, because yeah, cats yeah, yeah. are, as I said, reclusive. I, I think so. They want attention, but they don't really like to admit it, mm. and, and they will come to you when they <laughs> want it. It's a theory; <laughs> it's not proven. But uh, I was with this girl one time, and like, it's like, uh, oh, she doesn't like it when I do this stuff. <laughs> and she's like, oh, yeah, whatever. She's in the corner reading a book or something like. <laughs> like, how do I get her to give me affection? <laughs> I'm a dog person, but then she grew up, grows up with cats, so like, she likes it differently. Mm. Yeah, yeah, well then, well then, <laughs> communication comes in, but that's in a whole different story. Yeah, but yeah. This I is, think you point out a good point yeah, yeah. where where I think you know we we all can learn from other beings that physical interaction because there's something innate in us, right, mm. to want affection, and which is in every one else, which is in every beings. And that non-verbal movements of, of of asking things, of saying things, it's it's powerful. It's it's, emo it's emotional, and you know, it's, it's 
something really, really awesome for, for us to have dogs. My misconception of dogs is that I gotta be nice to them all the time, mm. but I cannot discipline because I feel bad. Mm. But that's just saying that I'm not ready for the dogs to be uh. vicious. I, so uh, I had a pet, but then I didn't discipline him. I had to put the dog down because it was biting me. Uh. And if I had to learn one thing is to love the dogs in a, in a wholesome way to discipline them and to love them. To yeah. Them. yeah. Yeah. When I was younger, I don't have that uh, capacity also, you know, I just love the dog, like how it's being shown in the movies, you know, like <laughs> the lost dog and the dog will find its way home after like a journey through Indonesia or something. You know that movie? Uh, Homebound or something, I forgot what it's called. No, yeah, it's like a, a, um, a kid's movie back in the 90s, so when it shows about dogs, where, where the dog uh, can speak in the movie. But anyway, um, yeah, when I was younger, I was like that too, you know? Uh, it's so much in the heart, you know? But, uh, you know, if you're, if, as you grew older, you know, you have to combine between what the heart says and the mind says, you know, which people still struggle until now. You know, when the mind says something and the heart says another thing. Yeah, actually, that was like one of the dilemma I was uh, having during that scroll prior that scroll issue thingy. Like, my mind is I know this, but then my heart's saying this. How, how do I? You know. So I have that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, with dogs. Um, yeah, because my dog look scary even though they're not scary at all uh i don't want them to get in trouble with in 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 a fight with another person's dog or whatever so i have to show them that i'm the boss like uh, you don't growl at me when i say no you that means no you know that's the first thing uh, because i thought my dog were an aggressive dog from 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 the look of it alone but they're not um, so the first thing I would want them to know is like when I say no it means no yeah for your own safe safety right. you know what I mean setting boundaries yeah yeah safe. some boundaries you know uh, even though sometimes I can't really control them like sometimes they do like stuff that's like a baby squirrel fell down, or a bird fell down, a baby bird fell down, uh, and then the dog came and like smelling it, and then I was like, oh, Jango, no! And then when I say, yeah, yeah, when I say, when I say no, he looked at me like, oh, you want to play? <laughs> he scrapped him right, right away. Oh, what? He chased me, chased me, chased me. And of course, it killed the bird. <laughs> I feel bad. That's, that's funny, because I've been following this Instagram account, which shows the true nature of wild animals mm. in their nature uh, sometimes um, killing infant killing infants um, to protect the territory it's 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 crazy that mm. you know those we tend to forget that that, that side of, of yeah too i guess that's part of the reason to what my dad was trying to say like you know they're just dogs meaning uh consciously they're still a wild animal in a way you know they're they're domesticated but when they have to uh, fight, I guess, for the territory, they will, they will do it, you know? So, yeah, it's a, 
uh, it's a take and give. You, you <laughs> they teach <laughs> yeah. you something, yeah. but you gotta yeah. understand also, like, yeah. 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 I guess also um, the story is if you die in your apartment and then and it's only your dogs around, they will eventually eat the corpse. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think that's that has <laughs> happened. Oh. You no, no, I've changed my view on, <laughs> on, on, on dogs. <laughs> but so, I guess it's a way of, of life, you know, yeah, yeah, we're yeah, helping yeah. them. <laughs> it's, not, it's not so much of a Hollywood romantic story, <laughs> but it is what it is. Yeah, so. But the most important thing is, it's true, like, even though you love your dog very much and it's fine, they will most likely, most likely they will die before you, and you'll have other dogs which will die too before you mm. die. So, um, you know, uh, you got to be able to let go. I, I guess that's also a learning uh, opportunity there to, to let go, you know. Sure. Even, I mean, I've put down uh, my dogs too, which when I was younger, like, uh, no, don't do that. I taught, say that to my dad, you know. The dog is old, goodbye. I need to put him down. Like, no, 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 no. But is that me, my own ego, or what? It is my own ego, because I want I want that love to be there in the, for eternity. Yeah. But no, you, it, the love was there, but you know, you just have to let things go. Yeah. You know, same like dogs. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many things we can learn from dogs and from animals and yeah, nature. Also very much. Awesome <laughs> blessing from from Earth to us. No, my my dog has been such a a, a, a blessing, Spe- uh, especially now when I'm older. When I um, uh, I think I'm more wise than I was younger, but apparently not. You know, I'm still a lot a lot to learn. And dogs will always be there, look at you and just loving look. <laughs> you know, and I appreciate that very much. But sometimes I do wonder, like, does this dog actually love me, or it's just like <laughs> I'm just a human new caresser? Because you know? <laughs> I feel it when I looked at her in the eyes; I could feel something. Does she feel this too? Maybe I don't know. <laughs> I really wish we can talk to them and listen to them. <laughs> actually, that might be a curse. Huh? <laughs> you can listen to your dog's mind, like maybe. <laughs> That might be true. That might be true. <laughs> Maybe they're a bit more real now, and like, oh, I don't like you since you start talking. <laughs> start to say your opinion. That might be true. That you might know? Be true. I like this when it's a one-way street. <laughs> Maybe. That's true. Yeah. Hey, you brought about um, your advice from uh, your father, and um, you know that uh, you come from a family of uh, of legacy here. Does that come with a burden does it come with a responsibility or duty or does that yeah like uh there's some confusion nice uh, or when i was a kid i was confused you know uh meaning like this yeah i come from a uh a pretty well off uh, well off financially family they uh it's not like we, oh, I want that and they'll buy it for me. It's not like that, but the, uh, some parts, uh, you know, they, 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 they've given me presents, of course. But the meaning like this, they've, they've provided me uh, more than enough yeah, than what I needed. Um, 
So, and then we have this hotel where I live with, I don't know, 200 staff since I was a baby. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm the son of a boss here and I'm from a Brahman family yeah, uh, in Bali which automatically people who knew us will show respect yeah, and, and politeness. Now for a kid, this is very confusing. Do I deserve this? <laughs> Meaning like, do I, do I, is this my, uh, something that I deserve? Meaning like uh, people, all people should treat me like this? You know what I mean? Now for a kid, this is very confusing, you know? Uh, so what happened if like uh, a Balinese guy is rude to me? Will I find it so offensive? Like, you, <laughs> how dare you? You know. But this is a fair question to 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 be wondering about as a kid. Yeah. So I, not until I actually left Bali and be alone. That's when I really tried to get rid of all of that privileges which I thought I deserve um, because in, when I was uh, when I was in Europe like I'm just like any other guy you know who uh, you know it's more there's no hierarchy there more not so much you know more equal and that's when I really start to 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 raise the question like who am I you know uh, I thought I'm like this person because again like I said before most Asi uh, for Asian communities your identity is uh, suggested by other people too you know what I mean from from who are your family you know what you own what you have what's your uh, caste system so thankfully I was um, alone in Switzerland and I tried to uh, reflect on this a lot and then that's when I actually feel truly happy because uh, I'm just no expectation of me, no no valid validity. You know, I was just a person uh, in a grain uh, a grain of salt in the beach, basically. You know, what I mean, like I'm just like anyone else. And um, that's when I actually uh, started to you know redetermine who I am as a person, right? Now, um, see, I only, get to, I only get to do this when I'm away from home. When I'm at home, it's kind of hard to do that, you know, to determine who you are, uh, just your own self, you know? Because here, there's so many networks, there's so many golongan, so many affiliation. It's kind of hard to, to, to uh, to determine who you are just as, as a person but when I'm away I could do that and then when I was in South America I uh, picked up this book by uh, Fred B. Eis Eisenman uh, it's a book about Bali Sakala Niskala what? Sakala Niskala Sakala means it's the tangible and the intangible that's the name of the book? Sakala Niskala that's the title of the book that's the title of the book by Fred B. Eisenman, he's a German guy. But he's a German author, 
I don't know so much about him, but from the book it says like, yeah, he's um, in order to 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 write this book, he needs to learn about the Hindu Balinese uh, teachings, culture, heritage teachings, all the knowledge. Mm -hmm. And for a person to know that much knowledge, you need you need to be ordained to go through the proper ceremony, because it's, these are the the the, the knowledge of uh, like a priest or like a like a like a, a big guru of the Hindu uh, religion. So he actually went through that uh, process, ordained, right. and so I w I, I'm a. I'm a, am, I, am, I, am I a millennial? I guess I am a, I am a millennial. I'm a millennial. I went to school in Switzerland. I get my education in English. And I, uh, I'm, I'm used to reading English texts. Mm -hmm. So this book is in English. It's about my hometown, uh, my home culture. And there I read, I read about some things which uh, I, um, I would not know about, meaning like, yeah, in Hindu belief, many things are uh, taught to another person by by um, uh, grandma. Yeah, yeah, verbally. Verbally. Yeah. yeah, I think that's why some people pronounce it, uh, spell it Shiva or Siwa, uh, just because um, verbally uh, the knowledge is being passed on verbally. Yeah, but this time I, 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 I read it in an English text. I guess if I read it in an Indonesian uh, language or even Balinese, um, I'll, I'll, I'll have a hard time understanding the whole context. But in English, it's, it's things in a bit more easier for me. Yeah. Um, so there I learn about my culture, the small bits and pieces, you know, where, yeah, we have caste system, but in a, is basically there's no one better or uh, or worse than the other we all have a different role in society yeah now a Brahman role is to my understanding is to well one day to become a priest and when you become a priest you will um, you become the bridge of the people and the spirituality, the the deities, the gods, yeah, the gods. So we are that bridge, basically. That's that's our role. We we we, we were the ones who will provide the the the, 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 the high priests, <coughs> because Balinese society we live in two worlds, yeah, Sakala and Niskala. The tangible and the intangible. In the tangibles, you do your work, you, you, you plant your rice, and so on and so on. You make your money, you take care of things. You want to be frugal in the uh, tangible uh, aspect, yeah? which is work, safety, and everything like that. Uh, money and stuff. <coughs> Financial security. Yeah? Now, in the intangible part, the Niskala, you want to be frugal, uh, you want to be frugal there too. You want to make the right offerings to the correct gods, you know. You you want to go through the process of becoming a human uh, through all of the stages of uh, spiritual, uh, life spirituality. You know, when you're born, 
there's a there's a ceremony to be done when you became puberty you do the teeth filing uh, that's an important aspect also in life and you need a priest to to be able to bridge that you know uh, and when you got, get married you need priests to put it together under the eyes of the gods and when you die someone needs to send you off you know to, to the afterlife yeah so the Balinese they will they will come to the Brahman and ask the Brahman uh, what to do what offering should I do um, how can I how can I um, get to the how can I go past this stage uh, properly mm, like advice advice and also like all, um, not just advice actually guidance and you know because we as uh, Brahman the, the high priest they, they they are the one who's supposed to know what offering that needs to be done how it needs to be done which holy water blah 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 and so on and so on you know so in my understanding so far that's the main role of the Brahman to be able to uh, direct its people um, uh, in the religious uh, ceremonies, processions, wow. Wow. you know. Uh, yeah, so that's, I mean, am I, am I a strong core Hindu believer? I mean, I wouldn't say so much. I'm just like any other guys. I think I am interested in my in my upbringing, you know, and and I learn it. Uh, I try to learn as I can, you know. But I try. I don't try to get so much in in the in the in the mix mm. because um, that's not my main focus and my main focus right now is just try to be like you said a, a better person for myself which is what I want to work better I know I, I want to be more I want to take more responsibilities you know and so on and so on I want to do more adventures so I guess everyone have their own calling uh, later on as a as a Brahman you know like uh, my father no, my grandpa became a priest you know mm. Um, unexpectedly, like one of us, me or my brothers or my cousins, will become a priest too. Wow! Yeah. But me, becoming a priest is no easy task. You are technically you are no longer to be a human. You are going to become a high priest, which is, uh, not in the same league as humans technically, yeah, spiritually. So they will actually kill you through ceremony. Yeah. Kill you. When you not kill you like that, but like they will, uh, they will kill you, and then you will resurrect as a a different uh, entity, and you are now fit to become a high priest. But to become a high priest, you must let you must let all of your, of your humane side go, your anger, your jealousy, you know, because you are now a servant of the people you are now the bridge between the spiritual and the people you are the you know uh, so you're not allowed to eat you have to change your diet uh, you have to 
stay. Really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, a lot of um, work, you know. And you would go from one ceremony to the next ceremony for other people, for the people, basically. That's uh, that's uh, yeah. People will look uh, respect you, be polite to you, but it's a it's a life of um, serving, serving the community, mm. you know. Because again, the spiritual aspect, the, in, the intangible sides of uh, Bali is very important to the people. Mm. Yeah, so we try to balance, right? So if, let's just say you are successful in the tangible world, like in the business, you make your money, blah, 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 but you have no devotion or no time or no, uh, spent in the spiritual side, the intangible, then it's not balanced and then it's not healthy too. I mean, like, I don't know, you might be too alert um, to uh, chasing money mm. a bit too much. Material things are one. Yeah, yeah, you know, so it's not balanced, you know. So you try to go to the balance. You're successful there, but also you're successful, or you, did, you, do, you do your time in the spiritual sides and then you'll have a bit more balance. Wow, that's beautiful. Um, yeah, that's my understanding so far. I mean, collectively. Uh, so, yeah. Um, I mean, to 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 wrap this up. Um, mm. This hotel has been uh, standing since 1956, if I'm not. Wrong. Yeah, you read the pamphlet, I think, before, no? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. I didn't Somewhere around there, yeah. How do you balance to make it a sustainable business? Sustainable, this place is not. In, it's not. Not yet, you know. Uh, sustainable in what way? Like, uh, give back to the community. Oh, okay. And, like, well, in that sense, yeah. Profitability, okay. sure. But yeah, yeah, not sustainable in that sense. But yeah, because like, again, we are um, an Asian community where we have many networks of people there. Uh, and of course, people always uh, contacted my family and they want jobs. Yeah, right? And many of the people who work here, they are... Uh, Affiliated with us that way. You understand? Like, as in, as they, in, like, oh, they know you personally. Hmm? As in, they know you personally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, meaning, like, bef like, oh, yeah. It's like, let's just say, the the owner's cousin's uncle's little brother who you know, call up and, oh, yeah, my son just graduated, need a job. Yeah, we try to be helpful. So, in that sense of community-wise, yes, many of the staff has been here um, for a long time, yeah. Some are here and I would say they, they don't, they're not the best people for the job, but we, they're still here because, okay, we, we show some love, love for them, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. And in return, uh, they, they stick with us and um, they, they, all, uh, they show us respect that's the most important thing. They they don't. Now I like to believe that we, we they don't show us respect because we're a Brahman or anything. It's because you know 
it's a it's a taken uh, it's a we give them something and then they give us something you know we take care of each other we try to take care of, uh, take care of each other you know uh, it's always been like that in this hotel so lots of um, uh, people helping other people that way now of course in the future I would like to make this more uh, environmentally sustainable yeah. hmm. because that was not the focus of my grandpa or my father before you know, this was back in the 50s like they don't mean what it means to be green or sustainable you know they, they try to make the business sustainable how it can uh, last and how it can grow that's the sustainability that they were uh, going after mm, to the people to the to the, to the business, business yeah the people in the business and the staff sustainable that way mm. yeah now um, environmental how do you, at that time no not yet but now of course um, we 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 um, we try to be to go that way uh, later and uh, when when me and my family takes over it will will be more like that you know how like are you gonna manage the water better or are you gonna well power or yeah yeah I mean like the the simple thing is like yeah you know like uh, l low energy consumption reusing the water you know um, separating the trash to to separate them like uh, so that they can be recycled mm. you know, or being sold to the next person to be reused mm. as something else mm. you know um, solar panels you know stuff like that um, exciting yeah yeah, yeah it, but not, it's not we can't do it fully yet because again like I said my father did retired few years back but he's pretty much still in control of the whole renovation project I should say mm. you know the renovation of the uh, that beach club front, that yeah, you're yeah. mentioning okay where, where should we s where, where should we uh, invest in where should put, where we put our money in you know also the attention is there yeah yeah okay there, you know I mean? now <clears throat> uh, and it's not an easy thing eh? because like first of all you need to, to teach the staff of going environmentally friendly yeah mm. Right now, Indonesians, their, their awareness of this is still quite low, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean... Even in Bali? <laughs> even in Bali, yeah. yeah. I mean... Um, it seems very, like, health conscious and... Environmental. Oh, yeah, in some parts. I mean, that's why, that's why Bali, uh, you know, uh, um, it's, it's, um, it's quite lucky to have all this international mind coming in. Bali is an international hub of minds. Right. Yeah? So people from different backgrounds that come here, they, they, they come here because of the island first, and they love Bali, then the nature, and then they understand that we have a, a pollution issue here, right? And lots of movement have been going on. Um, and many of the players who takes the lead are Westerners yeah. uh, because they see it you know like um, they see the the degradation of the island whereas if you live here and you're just trying to survive you're just trying to make your ends ends meet uh, you don't really care about 
the trash in the river and you're just you know trying to uh, go from paycheck to another paycheck and in order to 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 finance your family uh, I'm saying it's like yeah we're not consciously we're not there yet before but now slowly it's becoming a big issue now on social media now too uh, no plastic bag it's it's it's, it's um, kick-starting you know and I like to I think it's also part of it is because we have uh, you know international people who who help us to get started too you know that's why I say it's an international uh, hub of minds you know in Ubud there's people from different uh, around the world get together and they share ideas of how to be more sustainable blah blah, blah. Oh, wow. before I think it was just like a, a Westerner thing but now I see it's like no no Indonesians are into it too you know because um, yeah, well, of course awesome. we learn, you know. When yeah. I was in South America, it was pretty much the same thing too. You know, in Peru, like I was in the Amazon mm. for like f five days in the boat, and every day they clean the trash in the boat. All this plastic is sapu, just uh, written in the river, right? Now, a lot like back home, and, and, you know, like um, so. It's just a. In the uh, in the evolution of the consciousness, you know what I mean. First, you live in the village; it's fine, and then you want to make more money. You live uh, you live in the city, and then you get more more money. And then after you're old, you realize there's no more trees. You know, all of my buildings are all concrete. I want to go back to the village where it's all natural, not natural and green, and you know, it's. I think it's like that too, uh, with with um, being green. Sustainability. Yeah, sustainability. Wow. You know, first you don't you don't care about it, but then you you, you learn from others. You learn from others. Oh. You, you you elevate yourself, and you realize, I oh, know we gotta do something. We gotta we gotta bring it back. Right. We gotta save right. the environment. Right. So it's all a, a process right. from mine. Right. Um, we try to do what we can. I mean, that's at, that's at least uh, what we can do. Right. You know, some people are doing a lot better. They start uh, they started a movement. You know, they start a cultural revolution. Some young kids are doing it. You know, the plastic ban I think was started by two young girls in Changu School or something. I, I can't remember. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you know, hats off to, the, to them, to uh, people who are making this big changes uh, and affects other people it's huge right? yeah huge uh, how, did it, how did, did they manage to get it into a decree from the <laughs> governor i have no idea it's actually started from an effort, started like like grassroots effort yeah, from two small uh, young bully girls two young bully girls in yeah wow. i mean i guess there were half i don't know but uh did your family support it did you, did you support it was was this uh, someone not didn't like the band. Someone liked the band, or was it more everyone's okay? I went for the band, maybe except for uh, a few uh, businesses who rely on the plastic bags. Maybe they might they might be selling plastic bags, or right. there are some people who lost money in a way. Like like I said, with anything positive, there's something bad always happening. With something bad, there's always something positive always happening. But for us, 
in this hotel at least, we are not too affected by it because we don't really provide plastic bag anyway. Yeah, but bit by bit, you know, we're changing to uh, a, a, like a soap dispenser. So we don't, yeah, like in, in no longer like a, uh, a one-time use soap bottle and you throw away. You refill by bigger quantity. Yes. Okay. Um, from the water uh, shower, there's one that you know are more efficient in the way that it releases the water. Oh. Yeah, if you put that in all the taps, you will at least save um, a lot of water. Oh. We don't really consume a lot of water. We do for the garden, but the thing is, it goes back to the earth, so that's not such a big problem. It's yeah, it's yeah, it's fine. It goes. Because like in Jakarta, it's sinking because you take out the water, but then you put it in um, in a selokan, which goes somewhere else. Mm. I don't even know about that. No. That's wow. why Jakarta is sinking because people are taking groundwater, oh. yeah, air sumur, yeah. yeah, and then for their bathroom, yeah, and then you, and then it goes through the pipe and it goes somewhere else. That's why it's sinking. It's happening here too, maybe not to the level of Jakarta is doing uh, but yeah the water we use here it goes back to the to to the soils so that's mm. still fine um, other things that we've started here already is like we separated the garbage which is a big thing on its own uh, I like yeah I, I I started that here and my other hotel it's easier with the young staff uh, what we do is over there is like okay, we tell them to go in the room, separate this waste and that waste and that waste. We got four materials: bottles, cans. Uh, you can sell anything technically, as long as it's separated and it's dry. It's, oh yeah. Uh, yeah, it's free. Oh. Bang sampah, bang sampah is. Oh. Yeah, it's uh, it's everywhere. Oh, I didn't know. Because recycling plants isn't uh, so developed here you actually have from a business perspective uh, you actually have to pay to recycle your waste right environmentally it's a good thing but as a business uh, perspective it's not such a, a good deal yeah mm, it's more expensive yeah more cost mm. so bank sampah is they will buy your uh, waste as long as it's separated kept dry and they can use it I mean they'll buy it for cheap for to be used for something else could be used for arts and craft could be used for I don't know it's going to be used for something else again yeah so in a way it is recycling yeah and uh, otherwise why would they pay us <laughs> you know so I will tell the young staff like, don't look at this as garbage. This is all uh, valuable stuff. Mm. Yeah. So I told them nice. to collect all this uh, waste from the room every day, and then we sell them to the bank sampah, and then we have our own buku tabungan, like a like how much money we actually make from all this waste. And that money I use it directly for the staff again, which is to make a makan-makan like a like a, a dinner thing uh, like we eat together 
uh, if they want something, oh, well, sir, we should, but we should like uh, make a new jacket for the hotel, because uh -huh. you know, like people nice. ride bikes, motorcycles here, and they will mm. always want neat jackets. Okay, Sigara. yeah, yeah. <laughs> use the fun from the sampah, mm. bank sampah. Mm. So, yeah, here in Zagara it's an older hotel with older staff. Uh, there's still new works to be done, but with my other hotels where I first implemented there. I don't go there all, all the time, but every time I, every now and then I go there and check, and oh, they're still doing it. Which hotel is it? Kajora Suites, it's called. It's a, it's a, it's like 25 uh, room boutique hotel, not far off from here. I worked there first, and then I joined it here in Segara. But there I was, first time being a manager, and I was thinking like, you know, uh, oh, I wonder if I could, all these things in my head, into implemented like uh, into uh, into the real thing, so I was test testing myself and yeah, you can like you just have to look at it. it's not uh, sampah, it's not a waste, it's value, you know. Mm -hmm. And the budget, I directly use it for them, so they feel it, you know. And yeah, I don't have to constantly uh, check if they manage the waste now i uh, every time i go there i see that's it. yeah they're collecting it they're surprising it and that's a that's a really good thing you know yes now you can you can go a lot further but uh it's easier when you uh build it from scratch yeah mm. I, I know a few friends of mine who are uh, engineering they're scientists basically, like environmental engineering, um, and they, they know how to um, cut costs, first of all, you know, cut, cut the energy, how to reuse the energy, you know. That's, that's where I would like to go one day. It, it costs a lot, but then you will get your money back in return. Mm. I see it, mm. but my parents don't see it yet, you know what I mean? So, okay, I just, I just, um, try to, to do the small things first but one day when it's like uh, me and my cousins who are really taking the lead and mm. yeah we'll have to try to find it to go that way in that direction at least have you always thought that you wanted to come back to the family business mm, no uh, I dream of doing something else on my own which is cooler <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know I say this all the time like I chose hospitality because I don't really know what else I was gonna, going to do but I chose it anyway because of my background uh, I'm, I'm still pretty much there you know I, I, I've learned so much already you know but like uh, learning from my father I, I should always try to look for something else, you know. Uh, maybe after 10 years, I'm just have enough of hospitality and hotels. And I want to go learn about something else. And I shouldn't be scared, scared about that because it's just natural that it, it will happen. It happened to my father. He got into energy. Uh, he was trying to bring uh, like a re renewable energy to Bali, but it didn't work out so well. 
still trying. Um, well, yeah. But now he's into my father. He uh, retired, and now he's into motorcycling. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, traveling the world, right? Yeah, he's uh, traveling the world. Uh, and then this is actually the first time we actually have we can talk with the same common interests. Why is that? Because you're also into motorcycles. Yeah. Right? Before that, he's just my dad. You know, like, uh, oh, dad, I want to go ride my bike, and we're like, ah, oh, you should be working. You shouldn't be like blah blah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, he means me well, but it's always been a dad. It's a bit like distant. You know, like, but now I, I get to talk to him about some stuff that we have uh, a common interest in, which is not not just about motorcycles, it's about adventuring. Actually, I get I get this. Um, a uh, uh, need to 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 adventure from mm. from him, I think. Yeah, mm. I just don't, I just don't see it before because he was working. You know, he got other things on his mind, mm. which is how to 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 make the business successful. Mm. That's his main interest. So, sure, I don't have that interest before. So, yeah, it's always been a dad, but far away. Mm. But now I am. Um, we. We, 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 we share each other's equipment, like, uh, do you have a boot? Do you have a tent? Like, oh yeah, I got a tent. You want to use my tent? Yeah. you have a drone? <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So that, that is cool, you know. Are you guys going to ride together sometime soon? No, I don't think that's, uh, our th like, we're close, but we're not that close. I mean, I like it, him, I like the image of him riding somewhere in Pakistan, just him and his friends, and he's just being young again, you know what I mean? If he brings his kid, that means he gotta be a dad. <laughs> so I see That's it that way. Nice People always ask, like, aren't you gonna ride with your dad? I let him have his, you know, like, um, own fun. Mm. I, I learned a lot from him, because, like, when you were in high school, uh, or in yeah, and around that time, you the world is yours. You can do whatever you want. You wanna you wanna go to climb a mountain this weekend? Yeah, just go. You wanna go jalan-jalan somewhere? It's fine. Go. And in college time, yeah, when you have your holiday, your break, yeah, you can go on adventure if you want. But then when you start to work, it seems like it's just you know six days a week. Yeah, it's six days a week here. <laughs> And then uh, of just you know doing work the same thing, and then you would think like oh I got no time for anything. Now, uh, no, you still have time as long as you still have your health when you're retired, and when you're retired, usually, uh, if the bank doesn't take your pension, usually you still have uh, some money after you're retired, and. That's a second chance for you to do your own adventure because mm. you got the right. time, sure. you got the budget, and as long as you have the health, you can do it all. Yeah. I think a lot, most of the people who climb Everest, they're all retired people. Is it? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, who got the money and who got the time? Retired <laughs> people, you know. So, and I think having sons who can manage the business while they travel on yeah, that too, <laughs> that too. But like. Yeah, that yeah. I mean, having a, someone else to 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 run the business. But, but you're right about retirement. It is a second chance or third, whatever. But it's time to do 
Yeah. So I can be a kid again. Yeah, that's 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 how how I see my dad. You know, like, um, just watches YouTube all the time. I'm like, what does he watch? He watches this TV show of Ewan McGregor and Charlie Burman travel the world the long way around. I think it's called. And he's like, I gotta do something. <laughs> so yeah, he he got a bike, a, a big adventure bike, and. Um, I I used to ride motocross, so I I can handle uh, off road riding. Mm. So we share inputs and stuff, mm. and it's been sweet. Yeah, I'm scared that he went to Russia. Wow, for four month or something. From, from here, from right, here, from right here, from here. From this somewhere. exact location, that's crazy. Sure, it's scary, but uh, I'm happy that he gets to do that you know he's done he's taking care of us really well so now he wants to go do that uh, I'm really happy for him because he let me go to South America so you know again I'm, get back. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah I'm, I'm an Asian family when your kid says oh, I want to go backpacking to South America for like five months of course, you'll say like, no, you're gonna die there yeah. or something. But they let me go, yeah. yeah. And I had a very special time there. And all at towards the end of my trip there, all I'm thinking like, I'm so blessed to be here to mm. see all this thing, is because my parents. Uh, it's because of my parents, you know. Mm. I, I paid for my own ticket, but meaning they let me go. They like let me have the freedom. Yes, your parents let you go travel as a as as a love, as an expression of love, saying, "Oh, you can go to to South America, yeah. do your own thing." Yeah, you're right. You know, like uh, at the beginning of the podcast, I did mention something about you know you do something from out of fear or out of love. You always have to figure it out and always try to choose love. And I didn't realize that that's what they were doing too. They they chose love oh. and they they let me go, and then like they let me extend. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, and then like uh, little that they know that uh, through their context that they give me in South America, like they have friends somewhere who have friends in South America. Um, uh, I end up having this really great spiritual uh, experience with ayahuasca when I was there because of their contacts you know and there's a uh, is that off limit no <laughs> yes yeah so well, i was ready for that <laughs> yeah yeah so so yeah i had that and it's really it, it kind of gave me uh what i needed at that well not really actually the whole trip alone was what i needed and then the ayahuasca was to validate that wow i was uh i had i'm fine i'm, I'm fine you know like there's no need to 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 feel insufficient or in, not enough. Uh, when I had ayahuasca, I was just dancing in the woods wow. from love or having fun. Oneness with the universe. It's, it's really beautiful. And Wait, it's so because of them too, you know? Because of, because of? Technically, it's because of my parents. They didn't Wait, your parents gave you contacts to do ayahuasca? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, hey, are you still in Cusco in Peru? Yeah. Why don't you uh, call this person? Like. Who's this person, mom? I don't know, my yoga teacher gave it to me. Okay. And they call him up like, hey. So, um, basically he's a shaman. Uh, 
Yeah, and then like um, I didn't do it with him exactly there because he needs to go. He's gonna go to the Amazon in the jungle in Iquitos in Peru, and I said to him like, "That's my final destination. Like it's like meant to be or something like that." That's why I took it, and then uh, yeah, that happened, and um, yeah, kind of, kind of helped me not to, to, to feel insufficient or you know in, uh, anymore. Because I know at that time oh, I was fine. I was I was enough and I was happy. What, what did you? How was your experience like doing doing ayahuasca? Was, was it, was it, yeah, like I said, what was the vision? What was it? Like, uh, like before going on this trip, I had so much in my mind, you know, all that dilemma. And I know, who am I? Was I supposed to die in that accident? But through meditation and four months of adventuring, uh, going to one place to the next, uh, meeting strangers and talking to people, eventually I became a bit loose. I, I I, I'm a bit more fluent meeting strangers, and I was just carrying my own fun. I was carrying my own positiveness. Mm. So no matter where I uh, I, I arrived in, um, I was fine because I was having my own uh, positiveness mm. from within. So when that thing happened with my my uh, my mom gave me a contact for a shaman, and then like uh, knowing that we will be in the middle of the Amazon at the end of my journey together. So I took a ayahuasca there in the middle of the forest. Um, I w all I think to my mind was like, I'm in a good place now. I don't really need to take ayahuasca, but because it's such a, it's like meant to be or something like that. So I'll just take it just to see if I still have any, some insecurities I haven't uncovered or whatever, you know? And, um, well, yeah, you threw up a lot <laughs> all that long. You drink more water and you threw up again. Oh, that part's true. Yeah, that there and back. <laughs> yeah, but all I remember, I was, I think the, the man, shaman was saying it's mantra. I can't remember what he was saying, but it keeps you calm because your mind was everywhere. And if I remember, I was just looking at the sky and the moon, the, the dark sky, and the, the trees were dancing. Uh, with, the, with, the, with the mantra this shaman was saying, I was dancing like Balinese dance in the kayak rawhan, you know. But I was just happy, I was just, yeah, uh, infatuated with the universe and, and, and the, yeah, the nature. And then when you come down, you stay there, you talk about uh, what you went through, and then you, you know, such a surreal thing. You, you need time to, to figure it out. You need time to process where you are now, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because you've seen a lot, you experienced a lot that night. You need to be able to bring it forward, you know, who you are now, you know. Are you still the same person? Are you a little bit tweaked out or who you are, you know? How are you going to bring this forward? So, yeah, so all I was thinking was just, I'm so lucky to experience all these uh, amazing things in the in the world. I should not waste it, you know, by just 
you know, going home and going out every weekend, just try to just be with my friends, which is fun, but like just, it became like a constant thing. No, no, I need to do something else, you know. I need to talk to people positively. I need to, you know, meet different people. Like this is why also I'm doing this podcast because, mm. you know, why not? You know, mm. put yourself out there. Because I know um, I have, you know, positive things to say, you know. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I need to, to, to think a bit more highly of my reason in this world, you know. I don't know what it is yet, but I know it's not, you know, getting trash every weekend, <laughs> you know, and just having a, a shallow fun. You know, it needs to be, you need, I need to have a, a higher purpose, which, um, in, in, which includes love. Yeah. Always that's a sure. basic foundation of it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it. <laughs> wow. Well, Guba, thank you for sharing your, your story with, with me and oh, I'm glad to share. Uh-huh. Thank you for sharing this Thanks. platform. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, it's really <laughs> inspiring, and I hope we can um, continue to uh, share the love and learn from each other, and and yeah, be and to work together. That's yeah. yeah, man. It's our world, you know. We get to <laughs> yeah. So um, I guess uh, yeah. One thing that I would say is, uh, yeah, you do everything every day, either it's from love or fear. You just got to uh, figure out which one you're doing and when, what, we, what's the reason for it. And hopefully, choose love. Yes. Not my words, Jim Carrey. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Carrey has yeah. the right. <laughs> yeah, actually, you should watch some of his uh, speeches. Mm. Uh, like, uh, uh, there's one where he gives a speech to a, a graduating student. Oh. It's really inspiring. Yeah, he's an amazing person. He's funny, but you, you know, most comedians, they, they have to look at things through different perspectives right. and then try to find the, 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 the funniness of it, you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I recommend Aubrey Marcus. Uh, he's an entrepreneur from Austin, Texas. He actually is an advocate of ayahuasca. Well, mm. one cannot be an advocate, but he really shares about his experience. Yeah. And that's how I got <laughs> to know uh, uh, ayahuasca and its effects. Um, and, um, but it is a still a, a powerful, dangerous uh, medicine, yeah? Because mm. some people take it differently for, for a different pr- uh, purpose, mm. you know? Some people, they want that instant, um, uh, like, um, revelation? Yeah, of their conscious revelation. I, they, some people, they have a, uh, they need to find an answer mm. so deep in their heart. And without just taking this medicine, you, you, you'll find the answer. Mm. It's not like that. Many shaman would say, the medicine choose you. Mm. You know, if I've met some people too who are in such of a quest to find their ultimate truth, their answer, yeah, and they don't really respect the process. So they take the ayahuasca and then they realize they didn't find the answer. And then they think to themselves, ah, maybe it's not strong enough. Maybe I need to take something stronger. That's a bad place to be at. 
because then they will never find the answer. They just keep on taking uh, a more stronger drug, the psychological, um, psychedelic drugs, and some people got lost. I, I met some of those people, you know? So again, uh, should be careful. You should feel that it's right when you do want to take it, yeah? And the shaman will be there to guide you through the process because it's not like a one day thing. It's actually like a, a week five days program basically because you know you're standing still but your mind travels and mm. see uh, many dimensions you know and you come back you've seen a lot more than you have in the within your life mm. just from sitting down like in the same place so you need time to process everything that you've experienced because lots of it is from your own uh, self that is projected out and you wow my god i didn't see this coming Mm. It's all within you, so you, you need the right guidance to process right. it all, and again to to bring it forward for your next right. life. So for sure, mm. I just want to clarify that this podcast does not endorse <laughs> nor reject <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. DMD or Roscoe <laughs> or uh, other psychedelic drugs, it's but it's, it's just we are just trying yeah, to um, to um, <laughs> learn from each other, teach from each other, and um, potentially um, make. Um, others think differently through questions they have not asked before or take journeys that they have not uh, considered before and as you say is um, everyone has this journey is, is, is different be it um, traveling or meditation or whatever and um, it's it's love that it that this matters if you come to a duality of choices um, yeah so um, it's been fun. Um, I learned a lot from you, and um, thank you again for having me. Thanks for coming. Always uh, appreciate a good conversation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm mean, first time doing a podcast, mm -hmm. so like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, again, you know, I said when you call me, you text me like, uh, hey, want to do a podcast with me? I'm like, I don't know if it should be in a podcast. You want me to talk, or you want me to just be an audience? <laughs> kind of, I ask you. And then I said to myself, you know what, okay, I'll do it. But then it'll be that one thing, that, uh, something new that I do that week. Because it will be my first time uh, experiencing something like this. And Sure, man. I'm, uh, it's been a pleasure. Pleasure's mine. Thank you. Thank you.